the I Make a Difference podcast, an adventure of exploration of your human self, the conditioned and unhealed parts of you, and your true self, the natural, real and powerful you, a pathway where you unravel, heal and uncover on your journey back to you. I've been rather absorbed recently as a result of my mother has had a fracture and I've been taking time helping her and assisting her and out of this what has been really awesome is that her and I have had an opportunity to look at some of our relationship patterns in our interactions. Mum and I have had a chance to sit and look at How can we do things differently? How can we understand each other more so that we can change this conditioned pattern of interaction? That's what today's podcast is about. What are some of the relationship patterns of interaction that are conditioning from our past that dilute our self-worth, create misunderstanding, disconnection, and can also create some arguments. If not arguments, at least some frustration. I'm Melinda Cates, your host. I've even actually put some titles or names or labels, whatever you want to call them, to each of the different types of interactions that I've identified that I experience. Because what I did was actually step back and look at, in my relationships, what are the processes that I'm experiencing where there is conditioning that is hindering the relationship from flourishing, from being more connected, being more understanding, and expressing more potential. In identifying the process, I looked at what was the actual dynamic going on? What was I doing? What was the other person doing? What was the impact of the dynamic? And how could we do it differently? What did it require to change that dynamic so that we could have a different interaction and a different outcome? And I identified nine processes that I experienced, and I'm sure there are going to be more that come up. I think nine's quite a bit to bite off to start with. The first one is the pushback. The second one, the shut me down. The third one, take it away from me. So that's where something is shared and then it's taken away from you. The fourth one, the project and impose. The fifth one, the unappreciated, otherwise known as the taken for granted. The sixth one, the turn it on its head. This is when it all becomes about the other person. The seventh one, the turn it around. This is when a conversation about the other person and what they've done gets turned around and you become the reason why and the person to blame for what happened. The eighth one, I'm irrelevant. And the ninth one, the hello, did they hear me? There's no response. Yeah, even had that happen when I actually shared it with my partner because He was my gift for that one. (laughs) I said to him the other night, I said, 
I've come up with labels for the different dynamics and patterns of interactions and relationships. And I went through them and the last one was, hello. And he looked at me and looked at me. And then he goes, I heard you. <laughs> and I said, there you go. There's a beautiful example of it. I say something and I get no response. <laughs> Let's dive in and have a look at and have an explore of the pushback. Alan, my beloved, is the reference point for this one. What happens with the pushback is I will go to Alan and I will put forward a suggestion of something we can do. For example, we have some leftover building wood. So I've been thinking about different things we can build and create. I will suggest building something and his response may be, we haven't got the right equipment to do that. Or it might be, you won't have enough time to be able to do it. Or it might be, that's not going to work. Or we don't have enough wood. Or we don't have the right wood. Now this is most unusual for Alan because Alan is a glass half full man. He's very optimistic, very supportive. And so it's always fascinating when this dynamic happens. Because by Alan making those comments, what essentially I experience is resistance and like a brick wall from him. It comes in the words he uses, the tone of his voice, and also the energy that comes off him. Rather than me stopping and actually asking him why he believes that, I then go into a conditioned response, an emotional one, so it's actually a reaction, where I get frustrated and annoyed at him doing it. What it feels like for me is that he is immediately negating what I've said. That he's saying to me that my suggestion is not possible. What I experience is that he does not even consider or explore if it's possible. And that's all I'm asking. Because he could be absolutely right that we don't have the right timber, that it may not work, that we may not have enough time, we may not have the right equipment, but it may also be possible and it may be that we're able to get the right equipment. The way to working with unravelling the conditioning of the pushback is to understand why Alan is actually expressing himself in the way he is at that time. And it's things like he has enough on his plate anyway and doesn't have time to go and do those things. He's got so many other projects he needs to work with and things he needs to do that it just is a bit overwhelming. And me understanding this, then what I can do is go and actually look if it's possible myself or if I need his advice or input on something, then focus it on that rather than it being like I'm putting responsibility on him for the whole suggestion. And ask him, when would he have some time? Would he be able to assist me? And to explore it that way, it makes a significant difference because the key here is just about, is the idea and suggestion a possibility? Can I say that I love that my mother and Alan are both receptive to working with changing these and to being able to find far more effective ways of interacting. Let's explore the second one now, the shut me down. My beautiful mum is part of this process. 
Thank you, Mother, for the gift. Now, what I will be doing is I will be in the middle of sharing with Mum something that's important to me that, you know, I'm potentially feeling some emotion around and where I possibly have not been respected or not treated in a way that was valuing of me. And I just want to share with her because I'm looking for some support. And the shut me down, what it does is stop the conversation. So to give you an example of this is that mum may turn around and say to me, I don't want to deal with this. I don't have the energy for this. Or one that I've also used in relation to other people is I've said, I don't need this shit. What mum, and yes, myself, because I have done this a number of times to different people, what we're essentially doing is saying, we refuse to talk any further about this topic. We refuse to engage or have this conversation. We refuse to listen to you. So we dismiss the person. We're saying, I don't want to deal with this. But what actually is going on is that we're not wanting to deal with the emotions that are coming up within us. But we're not actually using those words and saying them. And yet the message that is sent to the other person, and so for example, when mum says it to me, is I feel like what I have to say is not important that it's all right for her to talk about this person or this topic, but it's not all right for me to do so. And yet I listen to her. So it feels unjust and it feels unfair. And when I've done it to other people, it's because I don't want to hear their emotions being dumped on me anymore or to experience that anymore. And so I shut it down. What is far more powerful and mum and I have talked this through, is rather than saying, you know, I don't want to deal with this or I don't need this shit, is to accept your own truth and your own processing around what is coming up that you don't actually want to deal with, that you don't have the energy for. And when you accept that and you're gentle with it, then the way you communicate it is very different to the other person. So it may be saying something along the lines of, look, I'm really happy to talk to you about this at another time, but right now it is triggering emotions in me and right now I don't want to have to deal with these or I don't have the energy to deal with these. So can we please talk about it another time? Or in the case, what it is is that my mother finds it difficult dealing with my emotions when I'm sharing because she takes it personally and that's not what I'm actually doing but I'm not communicating that to her. So what I'm clear on saying to mum now is mum I'm just feeling some emotions around an interaction that's happened and I just want to share are you happy for that to happen because then she can step back from it and not take it personally. The third of the relationship patterns that take it away from me. My beautiful mother, yet again, my gift in this one. And please note, when I say my beautiful mother, it's not me making her responsible because both parties in any interaction contribute to the dynamic that goes on. Both parties have a responsibility and I'm very clear 
that there are many times I'm actually the main person contributing to what I'm experiencing. It's about what we can both do differently and especially in managing our emotions around it. The scenario here is where you're sharing something that is being done to you by someone and how you've been treated. And that treatment generally will involve not being respected. I'll be sharing the story and the scenario with mum and I will have a level of understanding as to what's happening and what's happened for the other person in that interaction. And the response I get from my mother is, poor Samantha, what she must be going through for her to be like that. Whoa, okay, that triggers a little bit of hurt because essentially I feel like I'm not being heard, I'm not being seen, and she's given me no response to how I'm feeling and what I experienced in the scenario. It also then triggers memories of other times in my past where I've shared with mum or something's happened for me. Like when the ex left me and she was more concerned about how he felt. And I was like, what? <laughs> for me, I feel like I'm being completely ignored and I'm not important in this. And I'm not receiving any response or empathy from her. And yet she's giving lots of empathy towards and about the other person. So what I experience and feel is like the focus of what I'm sharing is taken away from me and it's put on the other person. And it becomes all about that other person and yet they were the individual that didn't treat me with respect. So it doesn't make any sense to me at all. My mother in that scenario, when we've sat down and talked this through, shared with me that she completely empathizes with what I experienced. She does feel for me and she's actually not even aware that she hasn't responded to what I'm experiencing. And my mother is looking to support me by finding a reason and a solution for why I experienced it and why the person did it. So it's her way of trying to help me by trying to give me a reason for it. When we talked about this, I realized what I'm not saying to her. I'm not saying, mum, I want to share this because I really would like some support around this and I'd like to get some feedback around how you feel about what I went through. All words along those lines. And what mum committed to was being more aware around her responding to what I was sharing and how I was feeling because she wasn't even aware that she wasn't doing that. Amazing when you sit down and actually get a handle on the process and start talking it through, how easy it can be to work through it. It's going to take a little bit of awareness and mindfulness, but we've worked out ways to help each other with that as well. Rather than me then shutting down or getting frustrated and her then getting frustrated, etc., is for us to actually say, well, we've gone back into this pattern again and this is what we can do to do things differently. Number four, the project and impose. Mm -hmm. I'm sure many of you have experienced this and possibly may have even done it as well. Interesting, Alan and mum don't do this to me. This is other people who do it to me. This is where 
people believe that what you are going through in an experience, i.e. what you're feeling, the emotions, the process, the interactions you're going through, are exactly the same as when they went through it. So they believe you're having exactly the same experience as them. And they believe they're being helpful and of value by telling you what you're feeling, what you're going through, and what you need. But there's a key part missing. They don't ask you what you're feeling, what you're going through, and what you need. They assume that they know exactly where you're at and exactly the type of experience you're having. And it may be very similar to theirs. But what they do is project and impose their processes, their feelings and their experience onto you. And for me, this creates walls, it creates distance, and they're not actually considering me by asking me. I appreciate that they care enough to say something. I appreciate that they're being empathetic, that they are being kind and considerate by even talking to me and offering some guidance. But it's even more powerful when you actually ask the person the questions and find out what's happening for them. Why do people do this? Why do they project and impose their process and their experiences on other people? Neediness. Neediness is one of the biggest drivers of people's communication and behaviours. In this scenario, they're needy to be of value. I get that because I've done it myself. But what's more powerful is to stop and recognise no two people have exactly the same experience. Our conditioning, our pasts, our previous experiences means that even though the experience can seem exactly the same on the outside, how we interpret it, how we respond to it, how we react, how we approach it will be different because we're different people and how we've been conditioned. No two people will have exactly the same emotional response. It may be the same emotion, but the reason for the emotional response can be different. And some people may not even feel emotion around things that you feel emotion about. Also, another factor to remember is that, is the person at the same stage of growth as you? They may be ahead of you in their growth and development. They may be behind you. Any difference in growth can mean that a person responds to the experience very differently. So the key approach here is to take time to ask the person what they're going through. Ask them what the experience is like. Ask them how they're feeling. Ask them what they'd need. And then, if it adds value for the person, then share your process. Then share your example. Share what you went through and your feelings and what you did to work through it. Because then, you're actually working with the other person's process and sharing your process. But if they've got a handle on it, you'll discover that from the answers you get to the questions you ask them. So you may not need to share anything at all. Number five, the unappreciated 
or as I said, it can be otherwise known as the taken for granted. This was an interesting one. Hmm. My mum was the focus of this one. However, I have experienced many people in my life where I have walked away feeling unappreciated. So the interaction with mum and this pattern that's arisen is an opportunity for me to resolve conditioning that's been around for some time. And yes, emotions and neediness come back into this as well. I have been helping my mother, not because I have to, not because I need to, because it's the right thing for me to do. And it's because I want to. I was processing through her responses when I actually do go and help her. And on occasions, she can get quite matter-of-fact and stern and task-focused. And how that can come across in her tonality, the words she uses, and her approach is that she's directing and telling me what to do. I don't have a problem with her letting me know what she wants done, but it was the approach that was being taken that was having an impact on me. And I'm not one for being treated like I'm taken for granted or that I am just there as someone she can just order around and be treated like a resource rather than a person. On this occasion, I suppressed what I was feeling. I consciously did that, please note, so I made a choice because I was aware that mum wasn't feeling right. Then as I was leaving, she said to me, thank you. But she didn't say it once, she said it three times in a row. And it was the look on her face that left me with a feeling of, I don't want my mother to feel like she has to say thank you and that she has to be appreciative of what I'm doing for her. When I heard those thoughts go through my head and I compared it to what I felt earlier when she was directing me and essentially telling me what to do, I went, mean, hmm, there's a difference in the processing here. Is it that I'm looking for appreciation or is it that I'm feeling unappreciated? And how are these different? I even heard myself later that day saying to Alan, mum was really vulnerable today because she was really bossy. <laughs> After working through my process around what is it that really is the issue for me in this interaction with her. I realised that I actually am not someone that goes and does something for someone else to be appreciated. That can tend to be driven by a person's neediness where they do something to get something. It's not who I am. I do it because I know in me it feels right and it's the right thing for me to do. What I was experiencing though was I was being unappreciated or taken for granted. I was not being talked to and approached in a way that was respectful of me as a person. That was the key issue for me. I had an inkling that mum was completely unaware that she was even doing this. And me taking the time to process through what the dynamic was that actually was the conditioned part that we could do things differently around, I was able to go and sit with her and talk it through with her. 
I was able to ask her questions to find out what is it that's happening for you at those times when your voice and your tone changes and this is how I hear it and receive it. She came back and said she feels very vulnerable at those times. She gets frustrated with herself. She gets a little bit of anxiousness and she's not even aware that that's been expressed in how she is talking to and approaching me. Aha, I went. I actually already knew this, but had not consciously allowed myself to be more accepting of it because the emotions that I was feeling around how I was being talked to. Because as I said, there's been a pattern of this in my life, so it was triggering things for me. I said to mum, I don't need a thank you. I appreciate that you do give me one, but please note you don't have to thank me every time. The only thing I would like is that I am not unappreciated. That we can talk to each other in a way that is respectful, that supports our self-worth. She committed to being more aware of her tone when she's feeling like she was and that she will share with me what's going on for her emotionally and internally so that she gets to process that out rather than holding it, which is why in her controlling all of those emotions, she comes out being hard because she's being hard on herself. And she asked me that if she does go back into that old way and that pattern, can I just gently bring it to her attention so that we can work through it and change it in the moment. We got to number five of the nine relationship patterns of conditioned interaction. And I know that's enough processing for one podcast. So next week, I will continue with the remaining four. But essentially, I want to encourage you, step back and look at the process what is the key issue for you in that pattern? What is it that you can do with yourself to change how you feel, how you approach that pattern of interaction? What is the dynamic with the other person? Why may they be going through it? And please also ask them so that you get their take on it, not just make an assumption. And where possible, sit with them. Sit with them when you're not emotional and gently talk it through so that the two of you can work together and how can we make this different and how can we make this better for both of us so that our relationship can continue to flourish and so that we can have even more of what we deserve in connection and understanding and in our relationships. You and I and everyone can make significant differences in our lives, not just to ourselves, but to our relationships and to the people around us. I have a feeling that I'm going to be experiencing some of the next four of these patterns of relationships over the next week, so that I will have some very fresh examples to be able to share with you. Not that I deserve to experience them, but you know how the universe works, how our own process works, how our soul and our higher self provide us with opportunities to be able to understand things more in depth. Until next week, stay safe.
stay healthy. May you not experience pushback, shut me down, take it away from me, project and impose or unappreciated. And if you do, remember you are being given a gift that you chose before you came into your human form so that you could work with the dynamics of relationships, the patterns of conditioning and change them to make a difference in your life and to who you are.